0: Now let's listen to a great program.
1: Welcome to the Bread of Life Catholic Bible Study. The paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, 26. Let us begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Father, I cannot understand your word without your grace. I acknowledge my weakness so your power can reach perfection in me. Send your Holy Spirit to remind, teach, and guide me to the truth. And may I share as soon as possible whatever you teach me. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Amen this is the sixth Sunday of Easter. We will begin with the commentary on the first reading from Acts 15, 1-2, 22-29. Christianity would have become nothing other than a sect of Jews if the condition that new Christians had to be circumcised first was upheld. There were certain Jews who could never forget their positions as the chosen people. They were willing to accept Gentiles into the church, provided they were circumcised first. Paul and Barnabas argued strongly against this attitude, and a violent collision seemed inevitable. An appeal was made to Jerusalem, the headquarters of the church, for a ruling. The principle at stake was quite simple. Was the gift of God for the chosen few or for the entire world? Was the gift of God a privilege or a responsibility? Certain Pharisees who had become Christians insisted that all converts must be circumcised and keep the Mosaic law. The Mosaic law of Moses stated that on the eighth day, the flesh of a male child's foreskin shall be circumcised. This was submitting of one's flesh to the covenant that originated between God and Abraham. Peter stood up to the apostles and elders and told them that the new covenant is fulfilled by believing the word of the gospel. God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them, giving the Gentiles the Holy Spirit, just as he also did to us. This was a circumcision of faith, a cutting off of one's pride and submitting to the will of the Lord. Peter told them that they were saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, and so also were the Gentiles saved the same way. The church leaders stated that the men who disturbed the brothers were not given instruction or authority to do what they did. The church leaders, inspired by the Holy Spirit, decided to send authorities, representatives with Paul and Barnabas. They did not want to lay upon them a greater burden than the essentials, which are, They shall abstain from things sacrificed to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals, and from illicit sexual union. Today, we still can look to the essentials for guidance for our daily living. We are not to sacrifice ourselves to idols such as jobs, power, sex, or money. We are called to stop eating and drinking ourselves into gluttony and sickness. We are called to be chaste in our actions as well as in our thoughts. We must turn away from illicit sexual unions such as homosexuality, fornication, pornography, adultery, premarital sex, and so forth. The controversy about keeping the law is still with us today. There still exists divisions between believers and church authorities. The authoritative teachings of the church are meant to protect the people as well as to preserve the true deposit of faith. We'll go on to the commentary on the second reading for this Sunday, which is from Revelation 21, 10 to 14, 22 to 23. John draws much of his imagery from the Isaiah chapter 65, 17 to 24. In this chapter, a new heaven is created. Things of the past are not remembered. And there is rejoicing and no sadness or pain. John is not concerned about interspace travel or geophysics. Heaven exists because of the moral relationship between God and man. God has taken the initiative and is the cause of the new order, or as we call it, the new Jerusalem or heaven. God began by walking with man in the garden of paradise. He sought to dwell near man in the ark and the temple. He made man the holy of holies through his incarnation. But these former things all passed away when he begins to dwell with them in the immediate personal intimacy of the new Jerusalem. John has, with much phraseology and repetition, attempted to convey the incomparable beauty of heaven through the use of earthly descriptions. The radiance of Christ in his eternal home is so dazzling that the lights of the galaxy are not needed. The Holy of Holies was a cube, 20 cubits high, wide and deep. The cities of Babylon and Nineveh were square. Can you imagine a city as high as it is wide and long? One side would extend from Boston to Chicago, 1,500 miles. A fence 216 feet high would hardly seem proportional around the gigantic cube of the heavenly city. We can see that earthly details pale when matched against the concept of spiritual symbolism. The author's main intent is to convey that it is the divine presence, radiant and enlivening, that transforms the holy Jerusalem into purest splendor. God began with paradise. John ends his portrayal of the celestial city with details borrowed from the paradise story. We might all picture ourselves as believers. The gospel for this sixth Sunday of Easter is John 14, 23 to 29. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever loves me will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. Yet the word you hear is not mine, but that of the father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you, I am going away and I will come back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens. So that when it happens, you may believe. Questions. If you love Jesus, to what will you be true? Who will love him and who will come to him? John 14, 23. His word, you'll be true to his word and the father will come to him. My greatest desire is to obey God's word because I love him so much. And because I have that desire, I feel tremendously special and loved by God the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. Notice in verse 23, it says we will come to him. To whom is this verse referring when it says we? John 14, 11 says, believe me that I am in the father and the father's in me or else believe because of the works themselves. 16 and 17 says, and I will ask the father and he'll give you another advocate to be with you always the spirit of truth which the world cannot accept because it neither sees nor knows him but you know him because he remains with you and will be in you the advocate the holy spirit that the father will send in my name he will teach you everything and remind you of all that i told you that's a very familiar verse for us These are such reassuring words coming from Jesus, showing the care and love our God has for each one of us. Where will the spirit make his dwelling place? As verse 17 of John 14 says, he remains with you and will be within you. And verse 23 says, we will come to him and make our dwelling place with him. I have to constantly remind myself of the awesome power right within me. While Jesus was with them, what did he tell them? The Paraclete, the Holy Spirit and the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. I hope you feel as blessed as I do having a teacher who helps me remember all that Jesus did and said, when he walked the earth The personal as you began this study did you read or pray john 14 26 of what has he reminded you deacon can his power is ready to be released through me and i answered that yes i say that verse every morning the minute i open my bible The Lord reminds me that the Holy Spirit is alive in me right now, and I need to listen for his voice. I was out walking yesterday, and I received a touch of the Lord in my inner being as I looked around and saw the beauty of God's creation. As I was walking over a little bridge, I saw right next to me below at least three, maybe four skunks. I walked right by them with fear of getting squirted and noticed there was no smell. I said, thank you, Lord. You are so good to me. You even kept the skunks from spraying me. He has reminded me of his unconditional love and the power that was released through Ken and me as a couple. He is reminding me of the many Life and the Spirit seminars we did together. In times, I experienced his touch on me. He has put it on my heart to get a team together and put on another Life in the Spirit seminar. What is Jesus' farewell to you and his gift to you? Peace, and what does he tell you not to be afraid? God has taken fear away from me, fear of man, fear of hell, fear of punishment. Thank you, Jesus. What does Jesus say in verse 28 of John 14? You have heard me say, I go away for a while and I come back to you. If you truly love me, you would rejoice to have me go to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. If you love Jesus, what would you do when he goes to the Father? Rejoice. John fourteen twenty-eight. Jesus is so awesome. He doesn't want us to be afraid. So he left us his spirit. Who is greater than Jesus? John 10, 29 says, my father is greater than all in in what he has given me. And there is no snatching out of his hand. Jesus is humble and doesn't regard equality with God. Why was he telling them before this took place? So they may believe we are so blessed having his word, family, the church and reminders every day of his love personal. In what specific way have you obeyed the command to love one another as I have loved you in your family, with your friends at work or school? In what way have you shown your love for the father? Deacon Ken, I have been loving to my wife, children and my ex daughter in law my prayer life, and my respect for prayer. I answer that. The Spirit recently convicted me of trying to save my family instead of leaving it up to Him. Now that I have grown in the Word, I have to let God do the saving, not me. The more I get into the Word, the more I desire to do as He did. In my enthusiasm to serve Him, I sometimes get in His way. And tell others what they need to do instead of letting him give them little touches of his presence as he does for me. Praying for them and with them is all I need to do. Jesus is so patient with me. The commentary Before his passion and death, Jesus spoke words of comfort, love, and obedience to his disciples. These words brought a sense of serenity and helped them to not be afraid. Jesus promised to provide for them by leaving with them the counselor, the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them that the father would send them the Holy Spirit in his name. He told them that the Holy Spirit would teach them all things and help them to remember all that he taught them. We have made by faith through God's action in the sacrament of baptism, temples of the holy spirit today living a life conforming to the prompting of the holy spirit is not easy we have so many distractions in our everyday living that only the holy spirit could empower us to remember with clarity the obedience that's needed to walk the christian walk we need only to look around us and we can see very easily that unless we control our selfish desires and concerns. By submitting them to the word of the Lord, they run wild, quickly overcoming any desire to know and experience God's love. We can't split our desires evenly between God and the world. We must first seek the kingdom of God. Matthew six thirty-three. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to teach us more about the healing, saving love of Jesus in the kingdom of God. Pray that you will be open to receive the prompting of the Holy Spirit and to follow and experience the incredible love of Jesus. Our application. The first reading tells us that the gift of God was not for chosen few, but for the entire world. The second reading reveals that heaven exists because of the moral relationship between God and man. The gospel shows us that power to walk with, walk the Christian walk can only come from the Holy Spirit. This week, show those around you at work, at home, or in school that God's gift to you has brought you freedom of choice. Choose to love your neighbors family, and friends as yourself. With the power of the Holy Spirit, you can also choose to love your enemies. We can only do that when we seek his kingship first, and then everything else is added. Remember, the Holy Spirit will teach you in all things. This is what Matthew six thirty three says, seek first his kingship over you, his way of holiness, and all these things will be given you beside just a reminder to help him become number one in my life. Let us close with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for showing us that you have given us spirit. Thank you, Lord. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. In the name of the Father and the Son
0: and the Holy Spirit. Amen. To more fully participate each week, you may visit the St. Dismas Guild website at stdismasguild.org. That's S-T-D-I-S-M-A-S-G-U-I-L-D dot O-R-G to either purchase the Bread of Life Bible Study book or download the complimentary lessons. In 1989, Deacon Ken and Marie Finn began this prison, pro-life, and pro-family ministry to remind us that the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, verse 26. God bless. <laughs> You can also email us at MagnificatCST at AOL.com or call 504-828-MARY, M-A-R-Y. Until the next time, may God bless you.